Welcome back to another message of biblical inspiration, motivation, and teaching from the Word of God. If this is your first time joining the MANA community, we encourage you to subscribe. Let us know you're here and how God has blessed you today. The Bible is just a book of rules. That's all the Bible is. A list of rules that I have to follow and obey and I don't want them or it. You've heard it before. It's a common statement people use about the Bible in many circumstances, but usually to justify why they don't believe in it. Now that would be a fair assessment if it were true. Of course, you and I know that the Bible is much more than a book of rules to obey. So today, we're talking about what you need to know about Leviticus, the book of rules. At first glance, Leviticus seems to fit into that generalizations of the Bible being a book of rules. I mean, when almost every heading starts with the words, the law of, it's easy to see how we can easily define it as rules. Yet, there's so much more to this book of Leviticus. So let's go underneath the surface of seeing it just as a book of rules to see the utopia which God spells out for us in these texts. It's important to understand the context of the entire book of Leviticus. The book has two major themes. First, it blatantly points out the sin of the Israelite people. The fact that these laws have to exist begs the point that the Israelites were a broken society just like you and I are living in today. However, the second major theme is what makes the first theme so special. The second major theme is outlining how to deal with that sin and impurity so that the Lord in all his holiness could dwell with the people of Israel so you can walk with the Lord. It's easy to think the book of Leviticus was given to restrain the people of Israel, but it was really given to them to set them free from themselves. Laws are not given to restrict liberty, but to promote it. If everyone did what was right in their own eyes, the world would be chaos. If you don't think so, read Judges. The book of Judges is full of violence, chaos, and bloodshed. And why was the book so messy? Look how it ends. The last verse in the book is Judges 21:25, which says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. If you want to see what happens when everyone does what they think is right, look at Judges. Think about our world today. Instead of allowing his people to descend into utter chaos, God gives them the law which spells out what a genuine human utopia would look like. If everyone were to follow the law, society would be absolutely perfect. So God gives them this law, which has the potential to completely revolutionize their society. And on top of that, he makes a covenant with them through the law. God spells out for Israel what the implications of the law are in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 through 4. Your Bible, my Bible says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, then I shall give you rains in their season, so that the land will yield its produce, and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Then 
in verses 11 through 13, God says, Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul will not reject you. I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so that you would not be their slaves. And I broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. So God is literally outlining the blessings of obedience. If the people follow his law, he will dwell with them and bless them in everything they did. It seems simple enough, right? Wrong. How often do you and I follow his law? And so, there's the other half of Leviticus 26. In verses 14 through 18, he says, But if you do not obey me, and do not carry out all these commandments, if, instead, you reject my statutes, and if your soul abhors my ordinances, so as not to carry out all my commandments, and so break my covenant, I, in turn, will do this to you. I will appoint over you a sudden terror, consumption and fever that will waste away the eyes and cause the soul to pine away. Also, you will sow your seed uselessly, for your enemies will eat it up. I will set my face against you so that you will be struck down before your enemies, and those who hate you will rule over you, and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. If also after these things you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I don't know about you, but I don't want any of that. At least the second part. For the Israelites, obedience brought blessings and disobedience brought curses. But how does that translate to us today? Will God bless us if we obey and curse us if we disobey? Leave a comment and let us know what you think. Let's look at this. It's pretty clear that humans could never fulfill the law that God laid out for us. Our sinful nature and our bondage to sin don't allow us to be perfect in following the law. Yet, there is someone who did fulfill it. Take a guess. Now hold that thought. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. If you guess Jesus, you're on the right track. Jesus didn't come to get rid of the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. He did what neither you nor I could do. He followed every law and lived a perfect life to serve as the spotless sacrifice for us on the cross. Now, you and I are freed from bondage to sin, and we can serve as slaves to righteousness in response to the love that Jesus has already and continues to show. See, true obedience doesn't come from fear or consequences. It has to come out of the love for the lawgiver and respect for the spirit of the law. We cannot hope to obey Christ if we don't have a relationship with him or love him. 
This is why Christ said to the people when they asked him about the greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 40, your and my Bible says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Have you ever heard of the golden rule? Now you might be thinking, now how can those two commandments cover all those other laws? Because when you truly love God with all that you are, you act towards him and others the way he wants you to act. You won't need a law book to tell you how to act because your love for him will cause you to act that way regardless. If you want to become truly obedient to the Lord, it has to start with love. Get in his word and prayer to him this week and ask him to help you follow him in obedience. He will answer the call. Children of God, saints of God, let us pray. God, we pray that we would be obedient people to what you want us to do. We ask that you would give us the strength and the discipline to know what it is you want us to do and how to do it. Obedience must come with action. So we pray that you would help us along the way, along the road as we carry out your will in this world. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen.